0: Welcome to The David McQueen Show, a weekly podcast where through insights and interviews, I explore what good leadership looks like. My main aim is to keep the podcast long enough to cover the subject, but short enough to create interest. Oh, and without those annoying adverts. So sit back and enjoy this episode of The David McQueen Show. In today's episode... I want to explore the role of charisma for leaders is it essential and what difference does it make if you don't have it so from the get-go i think it's important we um, discuss what or define what charisma actually is and according to the dictionary when i googled it it said compelling attractiveness or charm that can inspire devotion in others now i have seen people who fawn over charismatic personalities or people who say they charisma I saw it when I was in church if you were a a real good speaker an evangelist or a pastor there were individuals who would hang off every single word that you said primarily because you were quite charismatic Um, when I was uh, starting out as a youth leader knowing that I could combine a sense of humor by being able also to listen to individuals and have a sense of empathy I realised as well that that was quite a charismatic trait that a lot of people warm to. I've also seen it in the world of work. I have been on the stage or been networking with business leaders, some of them who would be known as a celebrity or rock star business leaders who are followed around by people who get really excited by the fact that they've grown companies, they've got really good PR and they appear really confident and really together when they're on stage. And I've also seen it in education Uh, with rockstar educators and teachers uh, who seem to get a lot of people who really follow them and really like them because of the fact that they have this sense of charisma. But one of the things that has always intrigued me is that when, when I've left stage, for example, when I'm speaking, when I'm delivering seminars or keynotes for clients, I know a lot of people want to talk to me because of the nature of my presentation. It's not really a bad thing because I make an extra effort to ensure people are involved in the conversation and i want to make it energetic i don't want people to fall asleep and i want to make sure that i inspire people but i know more often than not that a lot of the conversations that come on afterwards and sometimes i see other speakers who don't get it is because often when i do speak it's it's quite charismatic as a result i've seen a lot of people who get excited about wanting to become professional speakers and entrepreneurs just because of the nature of say my speech And they get really excited by it and say, oh, I really love to be able to do that. It must be so exciting for you to be able to speak for a living or to be able to develop your business and go and train people about communicating and working with leaders. Um, I have to go through great lengths to explore that. It is more than that. And here's something interesting. I actually believe that you can't teach charisma. It's my personal belief. Um, it's anecdotal. I don't necessarily have the the evidence to back it all up, but I just don't think that you can teach people charisma. Not well. When I say that, I don't think you can teach people authentically to be charismatic. I I, I just don't agree with it. And uh, I just want to share some of the reasons why. So first, for me, I think charisma is innate. I think having that ability to be able to connect with people and 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 um and to create uh, or inspire in the same way I said in the definition, in order to have that kind of compelling attractiveness or charm, I don't think you can authentically learn that. I just think it's part and parcel of you. We're all different. You know, there are some people who will stand up on a a mic and they will sing. And, you know, not everybody can be Whitney Houston. Uh, Not everybody can be uh, Taylor Swift. I don't think everybody wants to be Taylor Swift. That's another discussion all the same. Not everybody can be Prince. I do believe that there are certain people who have innate talents and innate abilities to connect with others, and you just can't replicate that. However, I know there are some people who disagree. Olivia Cabana Fox is a lady who wrote a book called The Charisma Myth, and in this book she said that um, using science and using practical ways, she could take people through a step-by-step process of being more charismatic she's not the only one, there are charisma coaches, I went online and I found the charisma boot camps, there are charisma courses that you can take, uh, and all suggesting to people that they can be something other than themselves, they can learn this charisma, and I don't agree, I just don't agree, and 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 I think of Ed Miliband, and for those of you who are listening, who may be listening from uh, an international point of view, Ed Miliband was the former uh, leader of the UK party known as the Labour Party and in the last general election that we had he was coached uh, around being uh, charismatic apparently so and and for me whenever I saw him I saw a sense of overreach wanting to be that charming kind of person the person that they who wanted to connect with you know the electorate and individuals whenever he was around and about the country speaking to individuals you know he obviously wanted to to make that connection it wasn't as quite as authentic as it should be. Uh, and so for me, again, as I said, I, I remain a skeptic. It's it's one thing, uh, which a lot of those people who do coaching and, and, and um, courses around charisma, is one thing to talk about the science, you know, whether it's neuroscience, uh, or whether it's tools like NLP or CBT, all those different kinds of methodologies and tools that people use that they say, you can get people to be more charism- charismatic with. For me, I just don't think that you can teach it. And let's be fair, you don't even know how to measure charisma. We know it's kind of like a sense, it's a gut feeling, isn't it? We know when somebody walks into a room and they've got our attention and, it, and it's really authentic. I mentioned Ed Miliband just now as you know one of the politicians that we have in the UK. But another one that comes to mind is the Foreign Secretary, Boris Johnson. Now, whether one likes him or not, you know, whether one sees him as a very calculated um, charlatan or a buffoon or whatever kind of position you're taking, the one thing you cannot take away from this dude is that he has got charisma. He can sell ice to the Eskimos. He is the kind of individual who can walk into a room and he will use his charm and he will use this extensive vernacular, this incredible vocabulary that he has of, of himself to be able to engage people. You just cannot teach that to other people. Most politicians, when you look, they just don't have that kind of charisma. And you can see when it's forced. You can see when people are trying to do things that are outside of their zone. So, again, as I say, I I remain a skeptic. And, And as a coach, I prefer to see how leaders can best empower their staff, whether they are charismatic or not. So if I take it back a step and talk about charismatic leadership, Charismatic leadership is the process of encouraging certain behaviours in others and you do it by your personality or you're persuading people or you're using very eloquent communication and I believe that charismatic leaders inspire people to do things or do them better and they can really infuse or inspire or, 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 or really uh, make people feel passionate about a stated vision or goal. Now, often people think of that charisma and they will restrict it just to speaking, but I also believe a lot of it is down to listening as well. There are charismatic leaders like Bill Clinton, and however you want to see what he did outside of um, politics, one of the things that a lot of people really noted about him was that when you spoke to him, he was very present. Even if he was in a room where there were a lot of people who were speaking, he would give you that undivided attention when you are speaking to individuals. And the important thing about this is that if people think or believe that you are listening to them, then you are more than likely to be able to inspire them. Again, it's not just about being able to have the rousing speeches. It's not just about being able to go into a room and motivate people and make them feel like they can be on cloud nine, cloud 10, or whatever cloud you choose. But it's also about really... Having a sense of understanding where that person's coming from and listening to what they have to say. And in my lifetime, I have seen and heard, not necessarily face-to-face, but you know, online and and and, and through the media, some incredible charismatic leaders like Oprah Winfrey or Margaret Thatcher, Aung Sun Yi, Angela Merkel, and Michelle Obama. You'll notice that I started off there with specifically women charismatic leaders and i've done that because usually when we have a list of charismatic leaders it tends to be just the men but i think it's important to point out those ones as well and i i realize that there is a trend amongst all the ones that i mentioned they have been able to capture people's attention and like all leaders to take individuals or key individuals on a journey with them in order to be able to enable a specific vision now whether you agree with how they do it or not is not the point what they are and what they have been is incredible charismatic leaders And then let's go to the men. So we have the usual ones we roll out, like Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, Nelson Mandela, Barack Obama. And then obviously, if we're going to go back, even go back in history a bit more, you think about Martin Luther King Jr. and Gandhi, Winston Churchill. These are all individuals who would be designated as charismatic leadership, as leaders, or who who demonstrated charismatic leadership. Uh, it would appear that every time you heard those individuals speak, it was like they had this belief and they were so passionate about it. They had a willingness to die for it. And and in many ways, if you think of the, the political arena, there are and have been many individuals who have been incredibly passionate about their beliefs and have put their lives on the line. Um, you think of individuals who have been involved in revolutions, be they physical or otherwise. Uh, we think of individuals who are... Uh, more political uh, musicians. We think of individuals who have really gone out on a limb for their businesses or their organisations. These are people who are courageous. They are bold. And what do they do really well? They bring hope. There are times where individuals may not necessarily be as um, engaged as they could be. And sometimes it might seem hopeless, but charismatic leaders... um, are the ones who are heroes, are are heroines, because they bring that sense of hope. And the the beauty of uh, charisma is that you are able to inspire people as well as you inspire yourself. And there is this real sense of um, energy around you. I know having worked with teams, whether it's um, when I was in positions of leadership in organizations that I worked or running my own business and having people work alongside me, I know that if I come into the room and there's a sense of energy about me, there's a sense of um, drive around the vision that I want myself and my team to be able to achieve, that using what I call, and and I will say this myself because people have said it back to me, rather than me just self-proclaiming, having that sense of charisma and and, and joie de vivre and and that kind of um, passion about what you do, It's quite empowering because you see people, you know, holding on and running with the banner that you've kind of like passed on to them. And it is a great way, again, as I say, you know, sometimes when I am doing uh, executive coaching for when I've identified individuals who are incredibly charismatic, I will point out it's a tool that they have. If there is a way of being able to speak and again, more importantly, being able to listen to individuals so that you empower them, then use it It's part of your actual toolkit. But again, as I said, I don't necessarily think that charisma can be taught. So let me flip it a bit. And I want to address one of the actual problems with charismatic leadership. And that's the focus tends to go on that one individual, that hero leader, that kind of, hey, look, I'm King Arthur, look up my sword kind of thing. That one person that will, the Moses that will take people to the promised land, the... Um, boadicea who uh, who um, get the troops together and just go out there into war regardless but what happens when you take that leader out of the equation and you leave the organization there to cope how does that actual organization manage without that leader being there and that for me is a bit problematic and once I know that there are lots of individuals who are either emerging leaders or existing leaders in their role and and they really want to be able to empower people i always think when you are and there's nothing wrong with this by the way there's nothing wrong with being charismatic but sometimes when you are so focused on the charisma of the individual you take that person out of the equation then the organization's different i'll give you an example think about apple now since steve Jobs died apple has been more profitable but there is a perception in his absence that although the guy who was his right-hand man who helped to take Apple to where it is now, it's a lot quieter and it's a lot more reserved, there is something that people think is missing from the brand because Steve Jobs is no longer there. They're used to the guy who they saw through all the different iterations of the... Uh, the the apple macbook all the way up to the iphone and they see somebody very different and it's just not the same yes there are people who uh, investors who will be really excited by it but the individuals who are buying it hmm, there may be a bit of an issue can you imagine virgin without sir richard branson you know there are there's this incredible uh global organization who is constantly um reminded for good or for bad of of how um, exciting it is to be part of a, a Virgin group of companies uh, led by this incredibly charismatic, smiling character who will be there on all the brands and really encouraging people that this is the best customer service and there's all this disruption. But what would happen to the Virgin brand if you took Richard Branson out of the actual equation? Or think of Facebook without Mark Zuckerberg, Harpo without Oprah. Um, I could go on and on with different um, examples, but what happens when you take that charismatic leader out of the space? And for me, when the focus is on the charismatic leader or the person just being charismatic, who's going to be there to actually challenge the hero? Because this iconic figure who has been put on a platform, what happens when you go and and you challenge them? And you see that in conversations where, you know, if you ever are in a space where you you, uh, dare to challenge somebody's hero and, you know, you talk about some of the issues that may arise by that, from you know from the charisma from that individual you will be shut down by the the faithful the fans the people who will support them regardless and that doesn't leave much room for the individuals to really make mistakes um or even if they do make mistakes for others to be able to challenge them on that mistake and the second point i want to talk about with the charismatic leadership is when where do people go for guidance when that leader is not present if there is that constant looking to the one, the the Messiah, that singular individual who needs to be there to drive the company through, what actually happens when that person is no longer present? As I mentioned before, with your with your Steve Jobs or or, or whoever whoever it may be, if that um you know central figure with the halo who's really going to be driving people forward is no longer there, how how do you do? How do you cope? And then let's talk about succession because part of leadership is making sure that when you are driving an organization forward that you're nurturing the next set of individuals who can come and take the reins after you even if it's you know 5 10 15 20 more years down the line you know part and parcel of the the journey is who takes over you know whether it's um whoever there was a successor to Microsoft we saw Steve Barmer took over from Bill Gates so we'll you know we can argue the toss about whether that was a good good or bad thing but the reality is is that the 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 brand was so associated with um bill gates that anybody who took took the reign after him it, it will be that much of a challenge um and if you're thinking of leadership only in the sense of seeing somebody who's really charismatic then succession and those who will take on next will be based more on competence or, uh, sorry, will it really be based on competence or is it aligning yourself with the charisma of the leader from before? Now, me being quite charismatic myself in the way that I speak and in the way that I work, I wonder if too much emphasis is placed on charisma. Uh, and in the same way, I, I wonder, you know, when a lot of organisations place a lot of emphasis on things like happiness and they get happiness coaches. They have tennis tables. All this food. All this stuff. Where in the reality, you know, in in reality, we don't all need to be happy. Um, often the emphasis is misplaced. You know, it might be that we need to be more content. There are all these things around mindfulness. Now everybody wants to be mindful, and there's yoga and relaxation and all the rest of it. Um, but the, the fact is is that it's not about just chasing the next big thing. Nobody, no, Everybody doesn't have to be charismatic. We don't have to all be happy. Some people are just want to be just left alone to get on with what they do. We can talk about mindfulness. And I know it's about being able to work with your colleagues. But I'm just generally talking about leadership is not wholly or even smallly dependent on the leader being charismatic. And And I think that there is a danger that if we just focus on the small things such as charisma then we miss out on the, the, the bigger picture of how complex we are as humans and the bigger and even more complex nature of leadership. Some leadership uh, or some leaders are a bit more introvert. They are very good at being able to keep out the spotlight, but hiring individuals who they know do really well and they're able to just make sure that the organization that they work with can churn out some stuff and they don't have to be the, the loud, outspoken, charming kind of person. They just know that there's a job to be done. You know, there are, I spoke to a a leader, you shall go nameless, a little while back, and he was saying, you know, one of the things uh, I'm cool with but I think is overrated is motivation. He said, you know, there are individuals who will come in and they will talk about all this motivation of staff and what have you. But sometimes people just need to get on with the actual job and stop looking for this magic unicorn or magic fairy dust that's going to make them all motivated and all happy to do the job sometimes you're going to go in and do a job and some parts of your job are going to be mediocre they're going to be boring you're not going to like it and that's cool and um in in that sense i i I do believe taking on board the point that the leader made is that everything is in moderation and everything is it's a sense of balance and if you don't have charisma that's fine because if you can communicate with people and they will listen to you, you don't have to always be the charming, extra kind of smooth, you know, really G'd up, motivation, jumping on the stage, hype kind of person. You can just do that in a quiet, introverted, reserved way, and you don't need to be that charismatic person. Personally, I, I will say as a coach, leaders should be able to play to their strengths. Every single leader that I sit in front of is going to be different. I've worked with those who are very extrovert to those who are a lot more introvert. I've worked with the ways that they can communicate in terms of their written word as well as their spoken word. But it's all about the specific style of the individual. And I am loath to be able to go and stand in front of of a or sit down with a a leader in a room or a group of leaders and try to get them to be something that they're not you know all this nonsense about okay you know try and mirror other people's body language and press down on your thumb so that you look more authoritarian all these things that don't come to you naturally and one of the things that's important for you as a leader when you are communicating with people is to be as authentic as possible is to be as naturally you as possible and yes, there may be some slight tweaks to the way that you communicate and listen to people, but it's got to come from a place of authenticity. If it's just a way of trying to model or copy Nelson Mandela or Oprah or Thatcher or any of those other kind of charismatic leaders and people we've seen in the past. And for me, I think you've lost that part of what being a leader really is. And that's being who you are, being yourself. And, you know, as I say, it's one thing to inspire people, but there are many ways to do it. And and charismatic leadership may be one of those, but it's not a necessity. Charismatic leadership can be seen as part of a toolkit of different approaches that can be taken to effective leadership in the workplace or the community. And the quicker we learn this, I think the better and deeper the leadership pool will become that organizations can take talent from. So I hope in a way that's helped. And again, as I said, I'm happy to be challenged. I personally do not think that charisma can be taught. I think like many other innate talents, you can get individuals who can coach you, who can work with you, with your specific talent that you have, but I don't think it's something that can be forced upon you. It's like not everybody can be the best striker in football and you can't teach somebody to be the best striker. You can coach them with the skills that you have. Likewise, if somebody's going to be a singer, somebody can be a great singer, um, somebody can be a good singer, but... There are certain things that are going to be innate, and uh, you just don't have it. And and there's nothing wrong with knowing that you just don't have it. And that's okay. Work with what you have. If you are going to be the person who's a bit more introvert, work with that. If you're going to be more extrovert and out there and charming, work with the skill that you have. So thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you have enjoyed it. I hope it has sparked something in your mind as to the relevance and the place to uh, of charisma In the role of actually being a leader and and one of the things i want to do in future episodes is when i do interview some of the guests that i've got lined up it'll be really interesting to see those who do um think that charisma has a role in their success or those who just actually ignore it and don't think it has any meaning whatsoever so again as i said thank you for listening um please share this podcast with your uh friends and with other individuals who may be interested for now as i said i'm just hosting it on soundcloud but it will be distributed wider um and uh, there are a couple of uh books that i want to put in in the show note i show notes i referenced one um by an author uh, it was called the charisma myth and the author was Olivia Cabana Fox. And even though I disagree with where she's coming from, I think it's very good for people to be able to read wider. And the second book I'm going to recommend, um, and again, as I put it in the show notes, is one of my favorites and one that I recommend to nearly everybody when I go in and I speak about leadership despite influence uh, by Dr. Robert Chialdini. So again, thank you uh, for listening. Please spread the word. And I look forward to sharing some more insights with you in the next episode of the Day from the Queen show. Take care, until then.